You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live on the Right Side Studios. Local, state, national, man, we're covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is actually a beautiful day outside today, unlike the last couple of days that we've had. And uh, Boomer's on the board. Hey, brother. Hey. How are you? I'm, it's Friday. <laughs> it is Friday. You know what? <laughs> it's time for the explosion and the applause. Boom. Hit it. Friday. All right. You made it. We had to run the camel late in the week because I had to be out on on, on Wednesday. So we got Camel and Friday Explosion all at like a two-day time frame. That was nice. That was nice. That's good. <laughs> That's a great way to end the week. Uh, plenty of stuff on tap for you today, man. Um, we got some great guests coming in. So let me tell you, at 3 o'clock today, Chairman John Wall, who is the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, is now also, by the way, the vice chair of the RNC, the National Republican Party. That's pretty big. Uh, anyway, Chairman John Wall, who's been on the show many times, will be back again today at 3 o'clock. So stay tuned. We'll get Chairman Wall on here and talk through some stuff with him. And then at 4 o'clock, we had to miss it because of Wednesday. So we had to miss and the Grand Council. Oh, that's bad. You can't do that. So Campbell was done yesterday. Grand Council is going to be today with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. So 4 o'clock, y'all stay tuned for that one. And then I got a triple dipper just filled up with some stuff. So hit it, Boomer. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right, the Triple Dipper. Three stories, three themes, if you will, that you have got to know as we run today's show. Number one, it's all the news. It's it's the news. I'm looking at the TV screens right now in the studio, looking at the, the, the computer screens to my left. Everything's about this uh, this balloon. So number one, Triple Dipper. Balloon tricks. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. I got some thoughts on it. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. But, uh, yeah, we'll spend at least the first part of the show talking about this balloon situation, which I'll just be honest with you, it's a freaky story. I mean, go figure. Uh, Number one of the Triple Dipper, balloon tricks. Number two, hashtag AL politics. So, yeah, hashtag Alabama politics. Uh, if If you want to know what some of your politicos are saying, doing, things that are happening, who got arrested, Stuff like that. We're going to talk about it, a variety of stories that all relate to hashtag Alabama politics. So stay tuned for that one next on the Triple Dipper. And then number three, didn't get to it yesterday. I think it's an important topic. If we can get to it today, we will. I'm calling it homework. So the Biden administration is taking a victory lap right now, saying they raised half a million jobs, never mind the fact that they killed the half a million jobs and then raised them back. Uh, But what we're looking at right now, though, is in the Biden economy, one of the key, key indicators to watch is the housing market. And the housing market is not where it was this time last year. So number three on the Triple Dipper, homework. That's what we're going to talk about. All right. Hey, um, let me move over to my comments. So the, um, I got to tell you, it, it, many moons ago, I used to work in what was called then Parkway City Mall in Huntsville. All right. So I've been around a while. So Parkway City Mall, I worked at Chick-fil-A. I worked as a delivery guy for Bishop's Flowers. And in one of the best jobs for a high school kid in the 80s, I worked at Madison Twin Theater. And there was a period of time when I was working at the theater that a young Iranian guy, he had a jewelry kiosk right outside the door of the ticket booth. And we used to talk during slow times. And 
One year at Christmas Shopping Rush, he asked me if he could pay me a few extra hours on my day off at the theater to help him with his own sales. Sure, extra money. I'm in. He was a stocky little guy, about six inches shorter than me, though. And he was always challenging me that he could, like, do more push-ups, do more pull-ups or whatever. But one day he looked at me and he goes, you're a big guy, but I can eat more than you. I said, eat more? That's a challenge? He said, we'll go to Steakhouse. We keep ordering steak till we can't eat anymore, and I will win. And I reminded him I was 17 years old and that steak eating contests were way outside my budget. But he kept pressing. And finally I said, okay, okay, here's the deal. We go to Shoney's and we pay one price for the salad bar. And so we did. Well, sure enough, we went to Shoney's on South Parkway in Huntsville after hours one night. And we commenced probably the stupidest challenge ever. We ate and we ate and we ate some more. And by the time we got to the 15th trip to the salad bar, we were both down to eating nothing but lettuce. I mean, just plates of lettuce. We didn't want any more, and we couldn't maybe stomach any more than that. So we basically had done, you know, a lowering of the standards, if you will, and we kept plodding back to the salad bar. The waitresses were like all gathered around the drink station watching us and taking bets among themselves. Somewhere around the 17th trip, we decided to call it a draw. Was it worth it? Uh, probably not. I mean, what did we really prove? And were we doing something meaningful? Short answer, no. I would say that we were pursuing something pretty half-hearted, if you will. As we got into it, we began to lack any meaning, if you want to know the truth. Challenge was accepted, and all we did was consume pounds of lettuce. And the next time he challenged me, I just said, no thanks. But here's the thing. Here's my point. Pursuits should be undertaken and pursued with excellence. Now, maybe the story about the salad bar doesn't have any real deep meaning in life, but the analogy fits. In that case, we undertook something, and then to keep it going, we just lowered our standards rather than quit. When I got out of college, my first job involved working for a treatment center with adolescents. I had a great boss. Now, keep in mind, my beautiful wife of 36 years is named Charlene. Well, my first boss was also named Charlene, and when I told my wife about it, her remark was, oh, good, now you have two bosses named Charlene. <laughs> anyway, in one of those moments that has stuck with me forever, my boss, Charlene, was going over something with the staff in our department one day. And we were talking through how some project was tough to accomplish, and she said something I've never forgotten. She said, perfection and excellence are not the same thing. Did you catch that? Perfection and excellence are not the same thing. And her point has stuck with me all of my adult years. And the crux of her statement is that we might initiate a plan at times, and it may not hit the mark as planned, or it might shift in its timing. In other words, it may not be perfect down to the smallest detail, but the question is, did we pursue it with excellence? Did we go at it in such a way that we left nothing on the table? Did we recognize, as the Navy SEALs say, that the only easy day is yesterday, and our goal today is to give everything we've got to the mission? No half measures, no lack of effort. Perfection versus excellence. Well, it's a healthy perspective. It doesn't mean you're not detail-oriented. It doesn't mean that you're somehow satisfied with mediocrity. And certainly it doesn't mean that you're okay with losing. What it does mean is that you will pursue and pursue and pursue some more, that your goal may be a perfect result, but your standard of achievement, though, is excellence in all that you do. I mean, I wish that government officials would take that on as a mantra. There's an old saying that the only place in the world that rewards failure is government. You can have the lousiest customer service, the worst school, the longest lines at the driver's license bureau, the worst communication with your constituents, and next year, you can expect to be fully funded despite a total lack of excellence. Let's take schools, for example. There's no reasonable person who expects that every student in every school will get straight A's. 
There is no one who believes that ACT scores will all max out in every senior class. That'd be unrealistic at best. It would be a demand for perfection. What we do have a right to expect, though, is excellence. A full-on effort to ensure that true teaching, honest curriculum, competitive grading, good academic counseling, and quality assurance in the facilities are all committed to with excellence in mind. Now, the same would be true of other government services. No one believes that every veteran center will have the quickest, most comprehensive service. No one believes that the VA will always get it right or that every veteran's benefit may occasionally not get lost in the shuffle. But we do have a right to demand excellence. A can-do attitude that puts the veteran first and determines to align them with every service and benefit that they've earned by serving their country. Just, you know, a pursuit of excellence at the VA. Or how about politicians themselves? Elected officials, many of whom are there for the right reasons and pursuing the agenda they were elected to pursue. We know, though, that elected officials are real people. They're real people who make mistakes. Sometimes they say things they shouldn't say. We get that. But how often, though, have we gotten the sense that some of them have settled into their role and lowered their standards, you know, like the 17th trip to the salad bar? It's no longer about doing something meaningful to some elected officials. It's just about getting the next day completed. And we know not to expect perfection in our elected government, but we have a right to expect the pursuit of excellence in governance. So perfection versus excellence, they are not the same thing. One is a goal, an aspiration, and the other, the other, excellence, is a way of life. And we should always strive to pursue our callings with excellence. And that's a wrap for the right side way. Well, there you have it. And, and she was. She was a great boss. Um, and her name was Charlene. Uh, so I had two bosses named Charlene. But, but yeah, perfection versus excellence. I actually wrote that down on a note card, stuck it over my desk. And um, uh, I think I found it again not long ago. Uh, I write down key quotes. That's one of my key quotes for life. Perfection and excellence are not the same thing. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. I'm about to go to the phones, but real quickly, I will tell you, we just got a text from James from Harvest, uh, who said just in the last few minutes that anybody heading westbound on 565 up there in the Huntsville area needs to avoid the area around Madison Boulevard to Wall Triana. Says he assumes it's a wreck somewhere because the entire westbound lane is a parking lot. That's uh, just uh, be aware if you're driving that way. Um, I got a call on the line. Is that Allie from Athens, my brother? All right, let's just take it. Allie, how are you doing today? Hey, I am doing well. And in a moment of shameless free market capitalism and self-promotion, as well as thanks to you, I want people to know that Sleep in Heavenly Peace is on the front cover of Athens Now and it's all your soul. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so a reminder to our audience, Sleep in Heavenly Peace is this very cool charitable organization that um, their mission in life is that kids shouldn't be sleeping on the floor 
and, uh, and they literally build beds for underprivileged kids. And you'd be amazed how many kids are sleeping literally on the floor right now. That's right. Well, and so what happened was, what happened was the day that you had those guys on and everybody cried, someone who is a raving fan, Athens Now person, as well as a raving fan, right side radio person, felt a tug on their heart from the Lord to get a hold of them and donated um, to the Gadsden chapter and then spoke to John Jackson, who is in the Hartzell chapter, and said, yep, I'm giving you money, but part of that has to go toward doing a front cover article on Athens Now, and so that's what they did. Oh, man, that is just cool. That's why we do this. Is man. that fun? Yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. I mean, Boomer and I sit here every day just talking into our microphones and hoping that it makes a difference. And, and, uh, and yeah. but when you tell me that stuff like that actually happens outside the show because of what happened on the show, that's just cool, Allie. That's just very cool. Thank you for sharing that. It is indeed. So folks it can get Athens indeed. now. I mean, y'all are, um, your distribution's ongoing with this issue right now? Yeah, I'm in the process of delivering as we speak. Actually, I'm pulled over and I'm being a safe driver. Um, <laughs> The the online version should be up by now. I'm pretty sure my web gal has it up, but it's the hard copy version is available in four counties, eight towns um, in northern Alabama, and 120 locations. So one way or another, you can get the read. And it's um, I cried all over again. You know, just oh. getting the interview, it's really an amazing story. And actually what John Jackson is hoping is that somebody in Limestone County will be interested in either doing a build or opening a chapter or both. And so that's uh, that's the intent. Yeah. Get the word out, and uh, it's a good group. All right. Well, you go, girl. That's good stuff. Hey, thank you so much for well, sharing that go, with us. Well, you Colonel. Thank you, sir. You have a great weekend. All right, Allie. We'll see you. Yeah, that is cool. Boom. Oh, that's just that's just very cool. That um you remember that day when they were here? Oh yeah, that was awesome. And yeah. then just hearing the stories were heart it was heartbreaking. It was wearing me out, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, big ranger man sitting there <laughs> going, I can't talk right now. But go to uh, break. I just gotta go to go to break right now. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh that's 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 just very cool. And, and so if just to back up the story, what Allie was saying there, we had you know, this show we try to make sure that we're bringing in the stories that surround your communities. Some some and it's it's gotta be every once in a while that it's not all about, you know, you know, the negativity of politics or, you know, who got arrested or corruption or whatever else or Biden administration crap or whatever. I mean, sometimes we want to tell you for a fact about the things that leave you feeling good. And that one was an amazing story. I have some friends that are involved with this organization called Sleep in Heavenly Peace. And literally, that's their gig, man. They, they, they find out and they get tons of referrals. Once, once, the, once the word's out there, they get tons of referrals. And so they do these, these things they call builds. And they have their volunteers all show up. And they will make a bed. I mean, and they're, they're, they're good quality you know, beds made out of you know, like like solid pine and, and, you know, they put a mattress on them and they, they deliver them to the house and they install them in the kid's bedroom and they literally watch kids bouncing on the beds and getting excited because they've never had a bed before. They told stories about going to houses where the kids are sleeping on, um, you know, folded up towels and um, sleeping, uh, one kid was sleeping on an old raggedy piece of a former uh, treadmill Um and, and that was his bed. You know, you, you have kids sleeping in the den because there's nothing in the bedroom for them to sleep on, on, on the couch. And as they go in there and they change, and they, and they point out, 
when a kid gets a good night's sleep, they do better in school. When a kid gets a good night's sleep, their, their, their outlook on life can change. When they get a good night's sleep, they can also, by the way, you know, um, just feel better about themselves and avoid getting sick because they're well-rested. And so it's a whole different deal. And uh, so Sleep in Heavenly Peace was the name of the men. And that's just very cool. I'm, I'm just I'm sitting here just talking away about it now. But, um, but Allie, thank you very much for that. Appreciate you. Um, Hey, listen, we got ton. And by the way, I just got an update. So uh, Allison from Madison just said you can add 565 eastbound now. It's all backed up. So that's crazy. So east and westbound is what I'm hearing. 565 is a mess. So just be aware. If you're commuting or going to pick up the kids to school right now, uh, you might want to check on Waze or whatever other form of you know traffic control you, you use. But it sounds like 565 is a parking lot. Um, that ain't good. That ain't good at all. Hey Boomer, how the uh, how the downloads going on your uh, your new podcast? Oh, it's going great, hundreds. It's great. hundreds. Yeah, that's just what. <laughs> no, so man, thank y'all for listening. It's it's awesome. We're excited to put out the next episode. Uh, so yeah, so here's another one to catch everybody up on then. Yeah. So as a part of the what are we calling it now? The right side multiverse. Ooh, right side multiverse. The right side multiverse. <laughs> Got to get a sound effect for that. Yeah, just I need like my voice to <laughs> echo while I say it. Right side multiverse. Oh, that would be good. Um, but uh, but yeah, Boomer and the uh, the lovely McQueen, his wife, are doing a podcast now, which uh, you dropped four in the can already. Yes, um, sir. And it's called the Right Life. So you can find it online. They have their own logo, their own swag, and they are the newest member of the Right Side Multiverse. Multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) But man, on our podcast here, we're up to 113,000. Shut my mouth. No, don't shut my mouth. We can't do that. I'm a radio guy. (laughs) Don't Um, do that. Don't do that. Well, that's just cool. Uh, we don't take it for granted, by the way. This no. show only exists because of y'all. We could talk. We could be like, what's, what's that line from uh, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Brother, I don't want to get in your business, but there's a fella in there who pay you $20 a sing into a can. I mean, we could sit here and sing into a can all day long. Ain't y'all listening? Ain't going to happen. That's right. So um, we appreciate this audience. All right, we're going to take it to a break, and we're going to come right back and talk about number one on the Triple Dipper, balloon tricks. Um this has got to be one of the weirdest stories since the origin of weird stories. I mean, it's just like a balloon. Yeah, a balloon. Is it offensive in some way? Well, actually, yeah, it is. Is it Chinese? Yep. And what did the Pentagon say about it? Oh, I'll tell you what they said about it today when I was watching and I couldn't believe the words that came out of the general's mouth. So, yeah, we'll talk about it. You guys stay tuned. Number one of the Triple Dipper, Balloon Tricks. Y'all stay tuned. We will be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, covering down on some ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about this show goes way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, and Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Um, Hey, listen, I I do have to update you, and I appreciate listeners doing this. Uh, New text from a new texter, Ron from Brownsboro. He was commenting about the situation of 565. He said, yeah, 565 looks like it's an auto uh, automobile versus a motorcycle accident. It says, pray for all involved. It may be a fatality. Um, so anyway, Ron from Brownsboro, thanks for the update. Y'all be careful out there. Uh, and if you're traveling and you can avoid 565, you may want to do that right now. Um, uh, we just had somebody texted in a moment ago. Where did it go? Boomer, uh, Joe from Owens Crossroads. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. I just wrote him back. Yeah. Joe, oh, you were hitting. That's why I couldn't find it. Yeah, I, I just hit it. Yeah, um, he, he subscribed to the Right Life. The so, Right Life man, thanks, on Joe. Spotify. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, you guys are you guys are going to be pushing the. We got we got to have a donut challenge with you at some point. Oh, nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> donuts. Yeah, any. I, I'm all about any donut challenge. Let's just or just donuts. <laughs> that doesn't have to be a challenge. Yeah, the, uh, the, the that's right because the uh, we all everybody knows that the uh, the official food of Right Side Radio is maple bacon donuts. Mm. Um, all right, let's let's jump in here. Uh, number one, triple dipper, balloon tricks. Um, unless you've been living under a rock, you've been following the story. Apparently, it is the story right now, and it is—it's probably one of the craziest stories uh, ever, you know, brought to bear. I, I look at this and think, okay, first of all, you find yourself thinking it's a balloon. What is happening? So, if you're not familiar, um, it appears—not appears—they've admitted it that there is a Chinese spy balloon floating across the northern states of the United States of America. I kid you not. They say this thing is about the equivalent of three Greyhound buses in size. It's not small. It's huge. It looks like a small moon floating up there, but it's it's like 60,000 feet. So it's in the upper reaches of the atmosphere, and it is um, well above um, the majority of air traffic. So even though they've had to shut down air traffic in some places, um, it's it's deemed by the Pentagon to be a non-threat. Okay. Maybe it's not a physical threat, but I got questions. I got lots of questions. First of all, it's over Montana. How long have they known it was there? Because it's blowing east. It came in from the west. It had to come across Alaska. Then it traveled through part of Canada. Canada said nothing about it. Next thing you know, it's over, it's over literally over our missile areas, our missile silos uh, in Montana. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, that's weird. Now, everybody's quick to point out. The Chinese have almost as many observation satellites in the sky as we do. So why do they need a balloon? Great question. And it's just a balloon, so it's floating by, right? Wrong. So right before the show, I was uh, downstairs in my office, and I pulled up the, um, the, the press briefing uh, from, the, from the Pentagon. The general who was providing the briefing to the press made several statements that really caught me off guard. Number one. He said this balloon is navigable, navigable, meaning they can steer it, they can change direction, they can hover where they want to stay. It is a navigable flotation device of some sort. He also said it's carrying a payload. When I heard payload, I thought, did he just say that? He did. Now, he was quick to say payload does not mean something harmful, that payload in this particular case 
appears to be some type of observation or uh, or sensory data or electronic surveillance capability. They don't know, but he said it is definitely carrying some form of a payload beneath the um, uh, this large balloon. So all that to say, the question then became, is it legit? Is it Chinese? Well, as of 0800 this morning, the Chinese government has admitted that it is theirs. They say it's non-military. What the frick? So how would they feel if we floated a giant balloon with a camera attached to it over the top of, I don't know, Xi's palace? Well, they wouldn't take, you know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't take a shine to that one bit. Well, here's the next thing that happened today. Aside from the, hey, nothing to see here, no worries. Uh, don't everybody just just keep, you know, doing what you go about your business. All's good. We're not going to shoot it down. Why not? Well, because, you know, we, we, we're afraid it might like, you know, then it would pop and fall on somebody. Hmm. Even when it was over Montana. Have you been to Montana? There's whole stretches of Montana ain't got nobody. How about when it was over in Alaska or when it came in across the Pacific? Did you just not think? Anyway, for some reason, they won't shoot it down right now. The, the next thing that happened, though, is apparently Secretary of State Antony Blinken was scheduled to go to China late next week. He has canceled his trip. That, in diplomacy world, is a hand grenade. You just threw a hand grenade in the meeting. You just said, you know what, China? That balloon does mean something to us. You are violating our sovereign airspace. You are being provocative. You are taking a less than war, but yet provocative position with us. And guess what? The head of the, the State Department is not coming to see you. Now, former Vice President Mike Pence made a statement. Charlene called and told me earlier. I thought it was great. She said, no, no, Blinken needs to go. He needs to go look him in the eye and say, you ever do it again? And there's going to be, you know, some serious repercussions. Go look him in the eye and say it. But right now, the Biden administration won't shoot it down, and the Biden administration won't go talk to the Chinese. And the question remains, why is this freaking balloon flying over? And what does it mean? And should we be concerned? What is it looking at? Is it just gauging the winds? Is it, is it trying to find the prevailing winds for purposes that we wouldn't like them to know? Or is it just literally taking pictures for their Facebook page? Who knows? Uh, I got some calls on the line. Let me go in order. We got them. Line one, uh, Mark from Athens. Hey, Mark, Phil Williams, how you doing? Senator Williams, I have a question for you. I'm going to shoot it. Oh, Mark, yeah. Mark, your phone's really garbled, man. Can uh, let me let me go to line two. We'll come back to Mark if we can get a better signal on him real quick. All right. So Brian, uh, let me go to Brian on line two. Uh, boom. Brian, Phil Williams, how you doing? Uh, doing well. I hope you are too. Hey, buddy, I'm doing good. What's going on, man? Well, I'm thinking uh, I'm going back to the point. Uh, Japan yes. at the end of World War II flew balloons uh, with incendiary bombs and tried to hit the U.S. and Spread them out mostly. Most of them failed. You know, but, um, it's a great. I actually have that in my stack right here. I was going to end my segment with that, but but you're right. They, they in fact they launched upwards of nine thousand of those things, and upwards of one thousand were deemed to have possibly been successful, though they operated in, you know in, in kind of a weird capacity. But yeah, Japan floated balloon bombs over here. You're right. And um, well, what's in that thing? Maybe they don't want to shoot it down. Maybe they got like uh, four sandbags of fentanyl up there that. <laughs> we would distribute or something on our own. Who, who knows, man? And, and then again, I also look at it and wonder, 
are we seeing something that's uh, that's coming in, you know, and they want to measure the wind so they can spread something later? I I, I don't know the answer, but um, or maybe it's spreading something now. Uh, well, we'll see, Brian. Hey, I got one more call to jump back on, brother. You take care. All Goodbye. right, Did we get Mark back. We are good. All right, line one, Mark again. How you doing, Mark? Senator, I'm doing great. I know this is going to sound goofy out of this world. My concern is this. Mark, Mark, I can't get you, man, your signal's bad. You're going to have to text us in because I can't get your question. We've totally lost your signal. So, uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, appreciate you trying. All right, tell you what, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you. Uh, what the, I'll, I'll jump to the last story. Interesting piece about balloons. Brian from Huntsville brought it up a moment ago. In 1945, and I've got a copy of an article here. I'm holding it up to the camera. Uh, from Smithsonian Magazine. A uh, Japanese balloon bomb killed six Americans in Oregon. It was, it was, it's one of those things that's like the little stories that you never heard. Well, this one you didn't hear because it was censored. It was censored because the, uh, the War Department at the time believed that it would cause a uh, complete you know, unraveling of, uh, of civil order if they knew that bombs were being floated over from Japan. And so, yeah, five people, a wife um, uh, and, and multiple children, were on a picnic, and they went into the woods and stumbled across this thing, not knowing what it was, and it turns out it was a balloon bomb that had floated, was snagged in a tree, uh, and the Japanese had been launching these things. It was, it was a, you know, it sounds rudimentary, but in reality, it was a highly technical device. The Japanese had spent a couple of years perfecting this cutting-edge technology where they literally studied the jet streams and then they rigged these devices, which were highly technical, that when they reached certain altitudes would, uh, would drop sandbags and, and they would eventually begin to lower down over time. And they launched up to 9,000 of these carrying huge bombs. Only about 1,000 of them are estimated to have actually made the full journey. Their goal was to start forest fires and to create havoc. And that's why um, we didn't see much about it. But they were, they were literally, between the fall of 1944 and summer of 1945, there were several hundred of them that are believed to have actually made contact uh, with, the, uh, with the, uh, the mainland. Didn't cause many fatalities. I mean, one's too many. But, uh, but their, their goal was to create uh, just complete chaos. And like I said, to start forest fires and do whatever they could to make it difficult for life in the United States. The Japanese quit. You know, it's one of those things where you look at it and go, censorship, never a good idea. But in this case, the censorship is what made the Japanese stop because they were getting no feedback that it was actually causing any problems. They weren't hearing anything on American radios. They were monitoring and they didn't hear anything. And so they just kind of quit doing it after a while. What they didn't know was that a bunch of them were getting here. And there are still, um, I, I'm trying to think where the museum is, maybe out in Oregon, uh, where they actually have displays of some of the pieces uh, that, were, that were brought down. Now, in this case, we look at why is China doing this? Well, why would they not? They're just provoking. At this point, they were literally days away from a major visit by the Secretary of State of the United States. Doesn't matter how you feel about the Biden administration. In title alone, you've got the senior diplomat for the greatest nation on the face of the earth, their near-peer adversary, and what do they do? They send a surveillance balloon to fly over our territory right before the meeting. Coincidence? I don't think so. Boomer, take us to a break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back and finish this up. I got articles here about what's being said about this. What did Mike Pompeo say about it? Uh, what's Senator or, or Congressman Kevin McCarthy saying about it? 
Are we going to see it shot down? <laughs> well, it's the Biden administration, so I don't know. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative and just plain right uh, i did see that mark from athens wow god the, the, the boomer the text line just exploded i i can't even find his text now where'd it go it was right on top and now okay uh i will find his question in a moment because he tried twice to call in and i really appreciate it um uh, boomer do you see it am i looking right at it there's like so many texts i can't even find his anymore now Rats. All right, we're going to figure it out here in a second. Um, here it is. He says, what if there's a microburst weapon inside that balloon? Well, I mean, okay, I, I get it. He said, we know they've been developing microburst weapons, the Chinese, that is. I, I could see other things too, uh, Mark. I mean, any weapon, any weapon, Mark. We, we don't, just, the reality is, what's it doing there? I don't care if it's just pure surveillance. I don't care if it's signals intelligence. I don't care if it's uh, there to uh, test prevailing winds. Why? And, and by the way, you just don't do this. This is like coming to somebody's house and running the vacuum cleaner. Well, you just don't do this. You don't walk into someone else's house and just take something out of the refrigerator. You don't. And so I've, they know what they're doing, and it's provocative, and they know it. So unless they want to come out and say, this was from the Beijing University's weather training station, and it broke free, and we've been looking for it. Thanks for finding our balloon. We're so sorry. Unless they want to come out with a real story like that, the idea that they're going to say, yeah, uh, it's not military. Don't worry. That's not an answer. What are you doing in our house? Why are you drinking something out of my fridge without asking? Well, that's where we are. And like I said, in the world of diplomacy, it's a big, hairy deal that the Secretary of State has now canceled his trip. I've also got uh, several stories here that talk about... Now, the, the Pentagon is saying, by the way, that this is, um, that this is you know, not the first time. And everybody's like, it's not? When did it happen before? Well, that's classified. That was in the briefing today. Well, that's classified. It's classified? Are you telling me that Chinese have been over our airspace multiple times in the past, but you're not going to tell us when and it's classified? To what extent? And then there was the question of where is the balloon right now? Well, we're not going to do the hour-by-hour hour tracking. Uh, we're, not, we're just not going to do that right now. The, the people can look up and see where it is. People don't want to look up and see where it is. They want, you, they, want, they want to know that you're tracking it. Well, they say they are, and they did launch F-22s, which circled it. And um, Pentagon, though, according to the story here on Time... The U.S. decided not to shoot down the Chinese spy balloon. The Pentagon had considered scrambling fighter jets. It did actually scramble them eventually uh, and, and, and put F-22s in the sky around it. But they determined that the balloon does not give China any additional surveillance cap capabilities beyond what it already could collect. So they saw no harm, no foul. Let it go. Wrong song. That's like saying, well, 
you know, the extra calories you got from eating the food out of my refrigerator, it's not going to be a big deal. It's a big deal that they came and got it. That's what the big deal. The big deal is the fact that it's there at all. And I'm not, I'm not, by the way, I'm not, I'm not an alarmist. I'm not sitting here trying to say, do something. But I'm telling you right now, uh, the Biden administration letting this happen without rebuking China openly right now, rebuking, they should be rebuking China, pointing out the provocative nature of this, pointing out the fact that they're a bad actor on the world stage and we don't appreciate it. And oh, by the way, as soon as we get clarity that that it's not going to be over some populated area, we're taking their freaking balloon down. We're going to study it and we're going to find out what it does. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, story here on Politico. Kevin McCarthy's calling for an intel briefing. He wants what's known as the Gang of Eight. The Gang of Eight are the senior lawmakers who are charged with reviewing the nation's most sensitive intel information. He wants a Gang of Eight briefing. He wants to know what the heck's going on. In his words, he said, China's brazen disregard for U.S. sovereignty is a destabilizing action that must be addressed, and President Biden cannot be silent. I'm requesting a Gang of Eight briefing. Well, the Chinese embassy in Washington is still not answering the mail on this thing. However, the Chinese government, like I said earlier, as of about 0800 this morning, has confirmed it is theirs. They just claim it's a civilian research airship. Wrong song. That is not a good answer. And you can imagine Republicans are having plenty to say. Um, Republicans, according to Fox News... Dated last night, Republicans late Thursday tore into President Biden after the Pentagon announced the discovery of suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that has been hovering over the U.S. for the last few days. The last few days. Representative Andy Biggs says Biden is a feckless commander-in-chief. Senator Bill Haggerty of Tennessee says communist China is hypocritically lecturing us about respect for sovereignty and territorial integrity. And if it's true that China's behind this, and they are, this loitering high-altitude provocation over our homeland, the Biden admin must respond strongly and decisively. It'd be one thing if it was floating out over shipping lanes. It'd be another if it was over Chinese airspace or even disputed territories. It's over our backyard. It's here. And that's what makes the difference. That's exactly what makes the difference. And so I'll just tell you, um, I'm looking at this and thinking, hmm, okay. It's Chinese, they admit it. It's got some type of data gathering payload and everybody knows it it's allegedly navigable so somebody somewhere is steering it and it's here and it's flying over areas that are sensitive it's flying over places in montana where we have air force bases and missile ranges so yeah i'm just gonna say this is a weird one and uh i'm on board with taking that sucker out I saw uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw just tweeted out a little while ago. He says, Joe, just take down the balloon. (laughs) All right, there's that one, balloon tricks. We won't labor it anymore, but if we have any breaking news on it, we'll get back to you. In the meantime, coming up right after the break, Chairman John Wall from the Alabama Republican Party, who just became a vice chair for the National Republican Party, is going to be calling in. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
right side ruffians out there. You are. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right side radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios. We got the local, the state, the national covering down on all the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, I'm switching gears for a bit here. Number two on the Triple Dipper, I'm calling it hashtag AL politics or hashtag Alabama politics. Uh, if you want to talk about the uh, the Chinese weather balloon or whatever it is, we'll talk about it some more in a minute. I get my text lines are blowing up on that issue alone. But let me switch gears because on the line right now is Alabama's uh, Republican Party chairman, statewide party chairman, uh, John Wall, who was, by the way, just elected to represent um, Alabama at the national level as a vice chairman of the National Republican National Committee. Uh, so without further ado, let me just bring him on. Chairman Wall, how are you doing today? Oh, doing very well. It's always great to be on the show. Hey, thanks so much. I know you've been busy. You had a TV interview a little while ago, I think, didn't you? I did. It's been, it's been a whirlwind, um, really, ever since I got elected chairman. So coming up on two years. <laughs> yeah, this is that uh, that full-time, part-time volunteer job that you don't get paid for, right? Uh, that's right. It, it, um, I, I told somebody the other day, I was like, this. I, I wake up some mornings and I question my sanity. I, I, may be, I may be an absolute idiot for taking this job. Well, I remember, I mean, on a lower scale, really, probably, but my dad was district governor for Rotary, and his mission was to visit every single club, and he was good at it. And I asked him one day, I said, Dad, you realize they don't pay you for this, right? And he goes, I know. <laughs> anyway, um, Hey, you know the, the the pay though the pay is in trying to make our country better for the future and oh. and, and hopefully hopefully protecting people's rights and freedoms and and leaving our children and our grandchildren with the the same values and the same country we had. Boomer, hit the applause! Just hit the applause right now. That was that was well played, sir. Well played. Um, but that, but that's my first radio applause, by the way. I like it. <laughs> But you know what, though, I, I, I know you, and I know you mean that, too. Um, let me ask you. So you just got back from the national uh, convention, and uh, it was quite the, uh, the scene because there was the, uh, the challenge being uh, put up for Ronald McDaniel, who succeeded in uh, securing another term. Um, but there was a lot of grassroots sort of disgruntlement about her position. So before we go into your new position, I want to ask you, Alabama went up there having sent a vote of no confidence. So the executive committee here says no confidence in Ronald McDaniel. Did that create any tension for you when you went up there to the national convention? Well, I, I worked hard for it not to. Um, and I say that because I, I think the, the important thing for the RNC, it's bigger than just the chairman. You know, the RNC is 168 members. And there's a lot of different elected positions within that group, a lot of committees. And the important thing is that we see a shift of what the RNC is. And by that, I mean I want to see the RNC be more engaged in the political process. I, I want to see them actively standing up and fighting for people's rights and freedoms. I want to see them communicating with the base, with the grassroots supporters, and finding a clear vision for how to win in these elections. Well, I, I, I'm for with, that. Go ahead. Yes, and with that in mind, I think we did see a shift within the RNC in these elections. You know, I know there's people who are upset that that Ronald McDaniel's was reelected, but I think when you look across the board at some of you know at, at all the positions, the RNC is putting together a team who is looking at those changes. Is looking, okay, where do we need to do? What do we need to do to be better? 
So I'm actually hopeful coming out of this, this uh, coming into this 2024 cycle. Well, so so I go back to my question though, without trying to keep you on the hot seat. Did the uh, vote of no confidence that came out of Alabama did it become a source of conversation while you were up there? It was definitely a source of conversation, but we're <laughs> you know everyone in the RNC are per, are professionals, and we we handled it well. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. I'll, I'll take that for what it's worth. Uh, so let me ask you though. Um, I, I don't, the, ha- I don't yeah. have any, I don't have any crazy fun stories to share with you. I'm sorry. Okay. So there was, there were, there was no teeth and hair flying in the hallways or something like that is what you're telling me. That, that's right. I did not get jumped. Okay. Well, all right. Well then came time for the vote and, and Ronna McDaniel did secure uh, more than enough. I mean, she had a, a fairly uh, overwhelming victory. Um, I think the next closest was Harmeet Dillon, and then the almost no-show was, uh, in terms of the vote count, was um, uh, Mike Lindell. But uh, what was the sentiment, though, on the floor after she prevailed, and how did Harmeet Dillon respond? You know, I was. It was actually very interesting being there in person. You know, we had just talked about, you know, how did people react to to the vote from Alabama, as well as other states like Texas, um, who 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 made their opinion known before the meeting, Um, but. They're actually at the RNC meeting. I was actually very impressed with all three candidates before and after the vote. They conducted themselves well. They presented their message as well. I know we, there was a candidate uh, form, and all three candidates, I was very impressed with just the ability of what they were able to communicate, their vision. Um, and then after the election, um, both Lindell and Harmeet were very complimentary and you know, saying they wanted to stay involved. They wanted to help the party. Um, make, you know, find those new ways to victory um, and stay involved in the process. And Ronna was very welcoming of them. So I was actually very impressed with, with the relationship between the candidates, both before and after the election. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Because you, well, you don't want to hear infighting. Uh, you you want to hear, I mean, challenges to leadership are understandable. It's, it's once the challenge is over and where you go next that makes a difference. Um, well, and sometimes it's needed. You know, I think that's the important thing here is even whichever side wins, the important thing is that a campaign brings out different views, um, you know, ideas of, okay, here's maybe an area where we're not doing as well. And that allows that to be targeted and then seen by everyone where it can be addressed in the future. And that's, that's one reason why I'm optimistic. I hope we can see a turn. Um, turn within the RNC towards a more grassroots focus. Well, and I hope so too. And that's one of the things that I really liked about Harmeet Dillon's message. So without harping on this too long, as I want to get to your position, but, uh, but, but let me ask you this, do you, what, what, what level of effort do you see being pushed towards grassroots having come through that election cycle where it was a big deal and that was the challenge? Well, I will say this. I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I know that is going to be my priority with my position. You know, now that I'm, I'm in RNC leadership, I really want to be a voice for, for the people of Alabama, um, but also for the the people of, of the, you know, the grassroots Republicans across the nation, um, because I think that's important that leadership um, keep that front and center. You know, here in America, we're a government that was founded on the idea of representative government, um, where the, the lowest level is that individual is the most important level. And they pick representatives to represent them at the, in, in leadership. So I see that as my role now, you know, really getting to that, being a voice for these positions uh, or for these people um, using this position for that. Well, OK, speaking of positions, so you were just tapped to serve as a vice chair for the Republican National Committee, which, if I'm not mistaken, you're the vice chair over the southern region. Is that correct? That is correct. So it's actually technically it's the vice chairman of the RNC. OK, but there are, there's multiple of them elected by regions. Uh, four regions in the country. 
So I will, I, my area will also, as well as being a vice chair, a vice chair for the RNC, I'm also going to be leading the southern region um, with the National Committee woman from Oklahoma, Pam Pollard. Okay. How many states are in that region? 14 states. 14 so states. Four wow. Regions. Okay. So it's a significant chunk. All right. So that's that's great. So what, in, in, in terms of real life for you, uh, Chairman Wall, I mean, just in terms of real life, what does this mean for you time-wise? Are you in state as much it, as you're out of state? What's, what's going to happen? It means the butterflies will see me less. <laughs> For those that don't know, our friend Chairman Wall is the only butterfly farmer that I've ever known. And uh, that's what you do for a profession is you're a butterfly. I love that, by the way. Um, it, it, it is a fun, fun job. Uh, but, no, you know, it, it, it's going to be some, um, you know, some undertaking. Part of the position also includes a position on the what is basically the steering committee for the RNC, what they call their executive committee. So that's going to be most of the work in between RNC meetings. The good thing for me is most of the duties with this position will actually take place during RNT meetings at the convention, which I will be at anyway. Well, so we got uh, we got two years to the twenty four election, obviously, um, mm-hmm. not even two years. I mean, the, the 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 true campaigning is about to really kick off here in the next few months. We're going to start seeing more and more people dropping their names in the hat, and 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 the true race is beginning. Um, what are your expectations from the RNC? Because the great frustration that many of us have, me included, was what I would consider to be a very tepid level of, um, of, of success, if any, out of the midterms we just had. Uh, the House is back, barely. We didn't get the Senate at all. Uh, it doesn't feel like we gained a whole lot of ground. Um, and, but there were, there were victories at the state and local levels, but at the national level, it felt like it was very tepid. So what do you foresee the activity level being heading towards the 24s? Well, and I think that's incredibly important. And, and I think if you look at the areas where Republicans did well, Alabama, we picked up 50 seats across the state. Um, and then look just to our south down there in Florida. You had DeSantis in, in what is traditionally a swing state where Republicans win by two or three points. It, you know, that's their aim. Winning by, by 19, uh, 19%. That doesn't just happen. And I, I think the message coming out of the 2022 cycle is don't be afraid to be a bold conservative. Yeah. You know, that, that's where we saw the areas that did well for Republicans, Alabama, Florida, South Carolina. And, and I think that's something the National Republic Party needs to take, take and really consider. You know, we need to be having this bold message of, of protecting people's rights, defending their freedoms, um, protecting our children and our children's education. Well, Those you, are the issues that people are looking for. Do you feel like moderates like uh, Romney, McConnell, do you think they kind of went on notice that maybe the moderate day is behind us for the time being? I hope so. Uh, you know, though, usually what comes out of something like this is not that, that it pushes or some of those leaders to the right, but instead what it does is it pushes them to go more moderate. They say, oh, we need to go more moderate to pick up independence. But I think what we saw in Florida was proof that, that a bold conservative not only picks up moderates, but turns out Republicans and that combination, you can do things that no one thought was possible. Well, so Chairman Wall, if you had to predict who's going to drop their name in the hat for the presidential races, give me, besides Trump, give me four or five other names that you anticipate are going to wind up announcing in the near future. You know, I learned a long time ago not to trust my gut. <laughs> I, I, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a statistician. So I, I don't know. This, this is a hard question. <laughs> Uh, you know, you're, you're going you're gonna to have Donald Trump. I think you're going to have Ron DeSantis, um, Nikki Haley, uh, Mike Pence, um, and Papeo. Well, I'll give you oh, – those would be the five that I would give you as most likely. 
You know, I'll be honest with you, though, what a great field. Can you imagine? That's our candidacy. I mean, uh, we'll wait and see what the Democrats have to offer. But that's the kind of thing well, when you look at that field and think that's a that's a, te- that's a team of champions right there. It really is. And, you know, that's what somebody was talking to me the other day, and they were like, this is horrible. You know, Republicans, we have too many good choices. What are we going to do? And I was like, hold it. I would much rather be in this position than be on the Democrat side wondering what you do with Joe Biden. Uh, exactly. Well, Mr. Chairman, we're up against a break. Before we go, though, you've got Ron DeSantis coming to speak at the winter dinner. You want to give some details on that real quick? Absolutely. So March 9th, uh, that's a, a Thursday, Thursday evening, March 9th, Ron DeSantis is going to be in Birmingham, Alabama for the Alabama Republican Party's winter dinner. If people are interested in coming, we have some tickets still available. Um, they can get them at ALGOP.org. All right. And where's it going to be? Do you know what the, the, the event uh, site is going to be? It is going to be at the Sheraton Hotel yeah. there uh, near the BJCC. Yep. yep. Okay. All right. Well, Chairman John Wall, now also Vice Chair of the Republican National Committee, uh, we appreciate your time. Thanks for making some time for us. Yeah. Next time I'm on the air, I want to hear my title. Both. I want both titles in there, okay? So, yeah. <laughs> we'll do it, and along with the applause. All right, Mr. Chairman, you have a yeah, great day. Right. Uh, Thank you. All right. Boomer, take us to a break. We'll come right back, folks. I'm in number two of the Triple Dipper. Hashtag Alabama politics. We'll walk through some other things that are happening with some of your politicos around the state. And uh, I'll tell you which one got arrested in our listening area. That's interesting. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. Um, hey, that was, uh, by the way, you didn't know he's a butterfly farmer, did you? That was, I didn't know he was a butterfly farmer. That is awesome. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder how you get in that niche environment. I have no clue, but what's your dream, son? What do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a butterfly farmer, dad. I mean, how does that happen? I don't even know. I have no clue, but to walk out into I don't even know how many butterflies are in a butterfly farm. <laughs> I was going to say hundreds, but maybe that's not oh, that many. I spec it's more than that. Yeah. I mean, have you ever been down to, uh, um, what is it, Bellingrath Gardens, and they have the butterfly house? You ever been oh, to one of those? yeah. I forgot about that. And you that. walk in there, and they're just fluttered everywhere and landing on your shoulder, and it's just <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But um, I'd have to take the little man up there to see him. Listen, That'd be awesome. Dude, uh, I, I would suspect that it would be a worth the trip. Oh, so cool. Butterfly farm. That's just cool. Yeah, it um, is. But, hey, you know, aside from the fact that – let me just say this. On the national level, Alabama is showing up. I'm just saying. And I don't mean that a little bit. On the national level, Alabama is really showing up in a big, big way. So um, you've got Ron DeSantis coming here to give a speech next month um, at a time when people believe he's about to be the, if not one of the, front runners to run for president. So it may be that very early in the announcement we have one of the top candidates coming to a major keynote uh, address here in Alabama. You've got uh, John Wall, uh, who is the chairman of the Alabama Republican Party, who was on the show with us a minute ago, who is now a vice chair of the National Republican Party. Uh, That's pretty cool. And then you've got other stuff that I'm about to go into, like Yellowhammer News 
has a piece today that just goes back to the fact that I said, I think it was last week or so, that uh, Congressman Mike Rogers, uh, who represents um, uh, the sort of the eastern side, if you will, the kind of running down the length of the eastern side of the state of Alabama, most of it, uh, in Congress. He's one of our, our members of our seven-member congressional delegation. Uh, he is now the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee. Now, folks, that's one of the biggest committees in D.C. That's a highly influential place. And when you're looking at things like, oh, I don't know, we have Fort Rucker, we have Maxwell Air Force Base, we have Redstone Arsenal, we have uh, Anderson Army Depot, and we have, hopefully, very soon, the final announcement on Space Command uh, moving here and making it another major military command basing itself in Alabama. Well, you get the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, the guy who decides things like the budgeting over military and defense issues. So that's very cool. He just uh, quoted here in uh, uh, Yellowhammer News talking about it and saying that in his opinion, um, the, the nation is figuring out how much Alabama contributes to defense and uh, space and uh, missile defense. He says, when asked about Alabama's future contributions to the national defense industry, Rogers believes the state will also be a major player for multiple reasons. He says, since we created Space Force, it's going to play an even bigger role. He also sees us getting more involved in cybersecurity uh, with some great engineering schools here in North Alabama and, of course, at the University of Alabama, Auburn, and Tuskegee. So, yeah, what we're saying there is when it comes to defense, Alabama's showing up big time to include the fact that one of your congressmen is now the chair of one of the biggest, most important committees in D.C. However, then you look at your freshman. All right, you got, you got, you got a freshman U.S. Senator, Katie Britt who's kind of already making a splash. So Katie Britt, here on the show not too long ago, sat in studio with us. She's a freshman Republican senator who just got appointed to the powerful Senate Appropriations Committee. Now, folks, there are about three or four major committees that are considered to be the top-tier committee assignments. Of the seven freshman U.S. senators in the U.S. Senate, Britt is the only one appointed to serve on appropriations. And, of course, that's where her former boss, Senator Richard Shelby, was. Uh, what that basically means is Alabama has a seat at one of the most major tables in the Senate also. It just, it's, it's, it's really pretty cool to see where we're headed and what we're getting done as a state with some of our leadership. I got more. When we get back to this break, I'll tell you. Some of it's local. What's happening around here? And I've teased you twice. Who got arrested? I'll tell you about that, too. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. (laughs) 
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about way on down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, all thrown in just for good measure. Did you give me a who dog on that one? I did. That was like auctioneer <laughs> speed. <laughs> it was. It what, was fast. What that man say? Hey, 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 Hoot now. All right. Some of those auctioneers, that, by the way, those aren't real words. <laughs> they're just they're just making noise. How many, how many, how many, how many, how many, have sold? Sold. I, like I knew guys. A, uh, one of my best friend's dad was an auctioneer. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I've got a buddy who's an auctioneer. And uh, when he's not, when he's just hanging out with you, he's just about as slow a talker. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking now. He'll, he'll just say, "Now, Phil, now, now, buddy, I got here's my thinking on this." And he's about the fastest talking, slow talker I've ever met. <laughs> I mean, when he when he gets going though, I mean, I'm having, I'm having, sold that, sold that, sold that. I'm like, well, how did that just happen? What, wow, where did it even come from? This red bulled his tongue and took off. Um, <laughs> How do we get off on this, Boomer? Um, uh, it was just, your speed. It was the speed <laughs> of your talking. Hey, stay tuned. Top of the hour. Uh, we didn't get to do it on Wednesday because I was Lawyer Phil in court that day, but we're going to be having the Grand Council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson, top of the hour, 4 o'clock. So stay tuned for that one. We'll catch you during the afternoon drive with it. But let me go back to number two on the Triple Dipper here. Hashtag AL politics. So Alabama politics, what all is happening in political world? I told you about uh, our U.S. delegation uh, is really is really just kind of making waves right now. Um, between Senator Tuberville and Senator Britt, they're both on great assignments on different committees. Uh, the um, chairman uh, of uh, House Armed Services is Congressman Rogers. I didn't mention a moment ago, Congressman Adderholt now chairs one of the major subcommittees of House Appropriations. So that's a big deal. And uh, I'm just I'm just telling you, it's 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 pretty crazy how Alabama's leadership is literally in the mix. Now, let's talk about more localized. So former Speaker of the House, Mac McCutcheon. Uh, He was Speaker of the House for, I want to say, six years. Uh, But he was Speaker of the State House. And, of course, you know, Dale Strong uh, just left the Huntsville County Commission, or the Madison County Commission, uh, to go and uh, and, and be one of our new congressmen. But uh, Congressman Strong being gone, the position had to be filled. Governor Ivey has made her appointment, and her old ally, Mac McCutcheon, is now the chair of the Madison County Commission. Uh, probably one of the most dynamic county commissions in the state, by the way. Uh, I mean, you got uh, the metro area around Huntsville ranked as the 10th fastest growing um, area in the entire southeast United States. One of the top housing markets in the entire United States. Um, Pretty dynamic things happening at Redstone, new industry coming out that way. Uh, the rest of the state just looks on and goes, dang. But, you know, Huntsville, good on you. Uh, Madison County, good on you. Madison County Commission Chairman now, uh, Mac McCutcheon. So so stay tuned. You guys have the former Speaker of the House who knows everybody in Montgomery, knows where all the bones are buried. Of course, they know where his bones are buried, too. So we'll see how that goes. But I think he's going to do well. Um, but speaking of local, story here on 1819 News. Dated yesterday, Huntsville City Councilman Devin Keith arrested for shoplifting. I mean, just really? So Huntsville City, by the way, he's not he's not been known to shy away from controversy. In the, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But Huntsville City Councilman Devin Keith was arrested Thursday for allegedly shoplifting from a Walmart. 
Huntsville Police Department arrested Keith Thursday afternoon. He was booked into the Madison County Jail, charged with fourth-degree theft of uh, theft of property amounting to less than $500 or less. Police did not reveal what items he allegedly stole. He's been on the Huntsville City Council now since 2016, representing District 1. And here's the thing. The guy made national news in 2017 when he claimed, he's, he's black, by the way, when he claimed he was denied service at a Huntsville restaurant because he was there with a professional athlete who had knelt down during the national anthem. Made big stink about it. Uh, when it began to be known to be untrue, he came back and changed the story and said, well, no, what really happened was the waiter didn't give us the level of service that was needed for us to enjoy our time. What? <laughs> That's two different stories, dude. So you were either A, denied service, or B, maybe you just didn't like the waitress. <laughs> anyway, Huntsville City Councilman Devin Keith arrested for shoplifting. We'll see where it goes. No word from him yet that I've seen. Um, not that he's ever been prone to be shy from saying things he thought fit his agenda. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you heard it a moment ago, big doings, Ron DeSantis coming to Alabama. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. Uh, if you want to go to that dinner, it's March the 9th. You can find the tickets on the uh, ALGOP website. They're $250 a person or 400 per couple, so it's not cheap. But it'll be a good dinner. I've been to multiple of these. Um, uh, they are, uh, uh, you know, pretty, pretty amazing events. It'll be a ton of folks there. Uh, and so I would encourage you, if you want to see DeSantis speak live and you want to see him speak live early in the potential candidacy for president, there you go. The last story I've got in the hashtag AL politics piece, and, and by the way, Boomer, I think after I do this story, we're going to have to go back to the text lines because the, the balloon thing is still like madness on the text lines. It is. Um, I don't know if y'all are tracking this. Boomer, have you been tracking or have you heard about this, about the uh, – Alabama Department of Corrections mass release of prisoners? Actually, now that you said it, I think I read something about it maybe yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a big deal. So the legislature passed something in 2021 that would, I guess, help alleviate the overcrowding of our Alabama prisons by letting people out of jail early or prison early if they have... Um, like, I want to say a year to two years left in their sentence, they can get out early. Well, but by law, they're supposed to notify all the victims of violent crime who might be affected by the person being let out. And yet there were 400 prisoners at one time about to be released on Tuesday of this week. 400? Yeah. Boomer's giving me the look. Yeah. Whoa. 400 prisoners. They're going to release them with ankle monitors. State Representative Jim Hill, who chairs the House Judiciary Committee in Montgomery, um, his comments on, I think it was Yellowhammer News, were that this is a good thing. Really, Jim, come on. It's a good thing, he says, because we're getting them out of jail with an ankle monitor on, so it'll be like supervised probation for a period of time. We'll know where they are. Except that story on 1819 right now is that one of the violent offenders who was let out who committed his crimes in Blunt County, the Blunt County DA called and asked for an update on where his whereabouts. They already don't know where he is. So how'd that work out? And the monitor doesn't stop you from doing something right then. It just kind of maybe tells you where they are. Yeah, if they keep it on. 
if uh, they keep it on. Yeah, and, and 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 granted, it's supposed to be on, and they can tell your proximity to other. You know, anyway, all said and done, hmm. if you cut that sucker off and and head across state lines, uh, you may be four sheets to the wind, for they know what's going on. Um, state Representative Chip Brown has already said story on eighteen nineteen news that came out last night. He is uh, apparently a legislator having buyer's remorse over this bill. He says if he could go back again, he would when it comes to the 2021 law that allowed for the mass release of prisoners in Alabama. The bill was first introduced during the 2021 special session on prison construction. He said several lawmakers that supported that bill now say they felt duped and they're throwing Governor Ivey under the bus. He says if I had to vote for it, I wouldn't because of what we're voting on is not what the governor sold to the legislature, he says. Now, I'm First of all, I will say this. Representative Brown, you got to read the freaking bill yourself, and you, and you got to own it. You voted for it. Just say I was wrong. But now what he's saying, though, and, and by the way, I don't know what the governor's staff represented to them. Probably gave them bullet point sheets and why this is a great idea. He says this was the governor's bill. It was part of her overall package of legislation. And he said if, if the way it's being implemented is not the way it was sold to the legislature. It's not the way it was sold to the public. It's a bad situation all around. And we're trying to rectify the prison situation by building new facilities. But I think we could have done a better job scrutinizing the people that are being released. And by the way, there's more mass releases scheduled. So let's just keep in mind that not every time you vote on a bill, you wind up loving the outcome. In this case, State Representative Brown said he's one of many. Alabama politicos in the midst of hashtag AL politics that wish that they could go back and have a do-over. Well, you don't get mulligans in politics. You get to do, you know, renewal. You call it up again and you change the law. But um, you also read the bill before you pass it. That's a, always a good plan. Boomer, I got a call. I'll take it because I'm running out of time. No, we're good. All right. Listen, I'm going to turn back over here to the phone lines after we get back from uh, the break. Boomer, take us to the break right now. We'll do that about a minute early. And we'll come right back. And then top of the hour, you're going to want to stay tuned because it's going to get lively. Going to get lively for the Grand Council with Jeff Poor from FM Talk 1065 and 1819 News and our own Dale Jackson from WVNN and Yellowhammer and me. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time boomer the text line has gone into madness <laughs> i can't keep up with it. i'm saying so yeah if you want to text in or call in the number is the same 833-687-4448 that's 833-68-RIGHT um, just, I'll just start running down the, the line here. John from Huntsville just texted in regarding the ALGOP dinner with uh, Ron DeSantis as speaker. He says, $250 a ticket. There better be a buffet with fried frog legs and maple bacon donuts. <laughs> uh, uh, we got uh, Noah from Huntsville says, uh, um, by the way, he says, for people uh, wondering about the balloon that's in Alabama, there's a balloon made by a company called Loon LLC designed to provide internet to places after a natural disaster has taken place. That's that's very cool. 
Um, wow. I, I've seen those before. They put them up. It's like a giant Wi-Fi. Uh, they they hang it up there, and it gives folks connectivity uh, when natural wow. disasters have occurred. Uh, we also, by the way, when I was in Baghdad, we had um, at Camp Victory, which was the the major base uh, in our area near Baghdad International Airport. They had a giant balloon. Um, it looked like a big blimp, but it was up on a tether, and it just hung up there. But it was a surveillance balloon, and they could they could watch. Largely what it was for is to watch for the point of origin on, uh, on mortar and rocket attacks against the base. Um, Whoa. But, of course, yeah. having the balloon up there gave them something to sight on when they were sighting their borders and their rockets. Got so, it. Anyway. <laughs> um, Badger from Athens uh, talking about the uh, release of prisoners. The guy in Blount County, he said it was, a, it was a guy convicted of murder who was let out with no ankle monitor, he believes. That's, uh, that would be most wrong. Uh, Doman from uh, Harvest says, uh, looks like the Chicom balloon is going to overfly off at Air Force Base, uh, U.S. Stratcom headquarters, and then Whiteman Air Force Base where the B-2 bombers are based. See? I mean, it's flying over some sensitive areas, man. Yikes. Not to mention our silo country. You know, we got silo farms out there where our, where our nuclear missile uh, strike capability is, is housed. And Anyway... Um, we got uh, new textures. By the way, if you text in for the very first time, make sure you tell us your first name, where you're from, so we can plug you into the system. Um, Bob from Madison says, some time ago there was a university experimenting with very large balloons in the jet stream above the Arctic uh, at altitudes above 120,000 feet. They could carry payloads over 1,000 pounds, stay afloat for weeks. Um, he says, how high is this? Well, the, the height right now we hear, uh, Bob, is uh, about 60,000 feet on this Chinese balloon. Um, so yes, uh, F-22s can still reach it. Uh, and, um, and he says, and I agree, Bob from Madison says, I say, shoot it down, recover the payload, you know, snag it with a plane. Like they recovered those film packages from early satellite. Anyway, yes, I agree. Um, go find out what's on it and then make them buy it back from you. (laughs) Uh, Gina from Athens says, my parents think the Chinese balloon could be carrying a virus. Is that possible? Anything's possible. Just like you go crop dusting, you can spray anything from anywhere. Um, I think the question is what's up there, but I think right now what they believe is that it's some type of sensing device, uh, whether it be for signals, uh, whether it be monitoring, um, you know, uh, the capabilities of the uh, – there was one theory I saw that said they, they could very well be monitoring the ability to uh, have um, cell phone, you know, uh, capabilities in and around our Air Force bases. Uh, there is also the possibility that it uh, – is testing for future EMP, uh, you know, electromagnetic pulse bombs that could take out key infrastructure. Who knows? Then again, it may just be testing weather patterns. But even still, you're floating a freaking Chinese communist balloon that's the size of three Greyhound buses with a payload, and it's navigable, which means somebody's driving it. So what the heck? Uh, Jenny from Decatur says, Anthony Blinken's afraid to go to China. Yeah, there you go. Brian from Huntsville says, around the world in 80 days, Jules Verne. Is Jackie Chan on the balloon? <laughs> I forgot about that movie. Um, Scott from Somerville says, shouldn't we have the ability to capture the balloon and bring it down to study? Yes, I believe that is absolutely within our realm. Um, I mean, if we can put a man on the moon, surely we could shoot down a freaking balloon and study whatever's in it. Uh, I don't know how they do it. Um, do they go ahead and, and you know, just, just pop it, and then when it hits the ground, go study what you got? Or do you... Do you light that sucker up uh, slowly and see if it'll just deflate and come down over time? I don't know. Um, anyway, Scott from Somerville, thanks for the text. Sid from Hartzell, Biden cannot allow our people to shoot it down without China's okay because his family's in bed with the Chinese. <laughs> there, you, there you go. 
Uh, John from Brownsboro. It's like someone's going to your house and checking the medicine cabinet. Yes, having their balloon over our turf is wrong. Um, so the text line fall, our folks are just it's full. And I, and I, I listen, I, we could not do this show without you guys. And uh, so what's going on with this balloon? Well, right now it is, uh, uh, it's literally the top story on um, uh, you know, multiple channels right now. If you look at uh, foxnews.com, it is still, I believe, the number. Yeah, it is. Balloon backlash is the story on foxnews.com. White House reveals why Biden has not brought down the Chinese spycraft. Well, pray tell. What would that reason be? They said they're keeping all the options on the table regarding the Chinese spy balloon. Although Biden is following strong recommendations from defense officials not to shoot it down due to safety of the people on the ground. Okay, but when you knew about it over Alaska, and when you knew about it over the, the, the plains, and when you knew about it over the unpopulated areas of Montana and Wyoming, I'm just saying. Now, I tell you what, the, I will say this. While, while I think it's no laughing matter in general, I've seen some funny stuff about this. So, Boomer, Eric Swalwell, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Eric Swalwell who had an affair, like had an unknowingly had an affair with a Chinese agent. Her name was Fang Fang, believe it or not. I mean, All right. that just almost sounds like a comedy script, but. Yes. So Swalwell and Fang Fang. And Fang Fang. Had a thing going on. And I saw on online, somebody did a manufactured or a meme of the balloon. And it said, like, what's it up there for? And it has an imagery on the side of it that said, Fang Fang, you know, hearts Eric. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a love note. It's a love it's note. It's a love note from Fang Fang for Eric Swalwell. Oh, my gosh. Um, Mike from Mike from Rainbow City says, shoot it down. He said it a little different than that, but I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. He says, shoot it down. Uh, Bob from Decatur says, wait till it gets over D.C. before you shoot it down. No, Bob. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Steve from Owens Crossroads. How in the heck did the balloon get past? And he basically puts out the uh, the, the the air defense uh, uh, zone name. You got a caller on line one. I'll take it right at the last second here. So Jason from Huntsville. Jason, how are you doing today, man? Hey, good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I know how to get the balloon, and it's really simple. Yeah. I can't believe nobody has talked about this yet. Okay. You know, the CIA worked with um, high-altitude recovery in the 60s and 70s, and it, it's all you can find it in Wikipedia. You can find research defense articles on it. But you might have seen it in one of the movies where they did a snatch with a C-130 yep. with a tether, that, and the tether was dangled by a balloon. Well, all you have to do is deflate the balloon a little bit, and then you time it, and you do a snatch and grab. It's real simple. I, I'm I'm for that. What are we snatching and grabbing? Is the thing. I mean, we. I I wonder. Do they know what's in that payload, or is the payload so big that it would be almost you know, I mean, who knows how much this thing? I mean, it's as big as three buses. So, how much of a payload right. can carry? And I wonder. You know, a C-130 can definitely carry that. Well, and you they would... are definitely outfitted. What, what one would hope, and I tell you what, I hope this mystery is solved sometime soon because right now it's the freakiest story on the uh, on the news right now. Um, Jason, well, thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We're gonna switch gears and go to the Grand Council with our buddies uh, Jeff Poor, Dale Jackson, and me. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side studios for hour number three. The local, the state, the national, sometimes the international, man, we cover down on all of the issues. And like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, this is a a time of the week that is off its usual schedule. So Wednesday, I was in court doing lawyer Phil stuff, had to to miss the Grand Council. So the members of the Grand Council uh, obligingly agreed to shift our weekly meeting to uh, to Friday, uh, one of whom is not present right now, but one of whom is, and that would be uh, Jeff Poor from FM Talk 106.5, the Jeff Poor Show, and executive editor of 1819 News. Jeff Poor, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I am good. You know, right now we don't have a Dale Jackson on the line. What do you think that is? I think we need to sit here and talk bad about him. What do you think? Yeah, I, you know, he's like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> I got news. Next time I'm on his show, I'm going to forget. Uh, I, think he's, uh, I think he's on the phone with Boomer right now. But, uh, uh, Boomer, you got Dale Jackson or what? Have you got him? He's got him. Boomer, I pronounce a quorum. Go ahead and hit it. Assemble the Grand Council. Ta-da! Ta-da! All right, uh, we've got Jeff, and you just talked to, to to Dale. Is Dale there? I just talked to Dale, and he hung up because he's going to jump on the computer. <laughs> oh, he just remembered, huh? Yeah, I guess so. I, I tell you what, though, Jeff, me and you talking, I'll take the first question. Chinese right. spy balloon. The Chinese spy balloon is is the news right now. Every single news outlet covering it. I got thoughts on this, but I want to know your thoughts first of all. What is its purpose, and should you shoot it down? Your thoughts. What do you got? You probably should take it down somehow. If, if for any reason you want to take it to see what they got as far as technology, what they have available, I, I, I just think that is a no-brainer. Uh, but um, do we know it's spy? Could it, is it possible it's weather? It's it's violating U.S. airspace, whatever it is, and. Um, the, uh, I, I think you've got to act. I mean, it's just, no, it's irresponsible not to. Well, I, I think, I think that's, yes, I totally agree. And I, we, my show has been lit up with it today. I mean, the, the text lines have gone crazy over this thing. It's, it's maddening that we have this happening because right now this is nothing but provocative. The Chinese government's admitted it's theirs. They have not explained why it's there. Our Pentagon said in a press briefing a little while ago that it is maneuverable. In other words, someone's driving it from somewhere. And then it also has a payload, meaning it's carrying something important, and we don't know what. And it's just hanging out there over the missile bases. Did you lose him again, Boomer? Is he back? Dale Jackson, are you here or what? I'm right here. I've been here the whole time. Oh, is that your story? Yeah. What are you, what are you talking about? I, I, I listened to you guys uh, opine about the uh, Chinese balloon. Uh, yeah, I agree with both of y'all. Take it down. It should have been taken down before the public ever found out about it, and we should have then said, look what we got. And, and that's how you should have done it because that's how they would have done it. 
Okay, so what is it in your opinion? What do you think it is? If you had oh, to I have no idea. Come on. I, I'm sure maybe it's like a TikTok transponder. I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have no idea. But it, the entirety of the argument is that, oh, don't worry. It's not doing anything these low-orbit satellites aren't doing. And uh, we've taken steps to make sure that it can't get much uh, information. That's not reassuring stuff, okay? No. It's just not. We should ban that. We should ban TikTok, both Chinese uh, satellite spy operations. Uh, one of my listeners has texted a few minutes ago and said it's it's carrying the rest of Biden's classified documents back from China. That's what yeah. we're dealing with right now. Okay, I'll just be honest with you. I think shoot it down. I say shoot it down, study it, and then box it up and send it back COD. Make them pay for it. Um, but uh, but the reality is, ain't no way this should be happening. And if we flew a blimp over China, you got to know that it would already be on the ground. That's that's that's, that's my. No, point. I don't think there's any question about that. All right, Jeff Bohr. Next question. What you got? Prison mass release mishandling. Is this what gets Kay Ivey finally? Gets her how? Like gets her thrown out? Or what are you saying? I, I She's Teflon Kay. Uh, does she ever take a hit? She could dress up in blackface. She could shut half the state down. She still gets uh, high approval numbers, uh, waxes her political opponents. Is, there any, is, is, this, is this something that is going to damage her? You first, Dale Jackson. Uh, I think this is definitely something uh, that does not end well, but not for Kay Ivey. I mean, like he says, she's Teflon Kay. It doesn't matter what she does. She's, I mean, she hasn't said a word about this. Uh, the media it seems completely uninterested in even talking to her. Uh, if anything, this is Steve Marshall is running the show here, uh, talking about how this needs to end. You've got um, some state legislators uh, proposing bills, uh, as Jeff Poor pointed out to me earlier this week. Uh, and uh, I think that there's going to be a big push to kind of move these uh, early releases back. I don't think it goes anywhere, though, because the idea here was release stress on the prison system. These people are less likely to offend than people letting them out uh, in larger numbers of other people. So I, I think they'll just power through this. They'll go with a couple stories in a target-rich environment where they say, hey, they didn't put an ankle monitor on this guy, and hey, this guy you know, did this, and this guy ate a baby, and this guy did all these other things, and <laughs> they, they'll kind of just let it go. Well, so I, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I do think it's going to be a bit of a black eye that she has to weather, but I think she's going to weather it like she always does, uh, usually by saying nothing. And that's what's happening in her. And I literally Googled earlier trying to find commentary from the governor's office, and it's like crickets. Um, but, but one of the things that's, uh, that's also interesting to watch right now is how different departments are throwing it on the other departments. So, you know, former Senator Cam Ward, now head of uh, pardons and paroles, he has immediately said, not my call, man. It's on Aaliyah and Aldock, and they're the ones messing this thing up. And, um, and then, you know, so I think if there's a fall guy, it's going to be somebody in Aaliyah or somebody in uh, like John Hamm's office in the Department of Corrections. That they're, they're, they're bearing the brunt. Uh, your own question, Jeff. What are you thinking? Oh, oh, a couple of things. We had Chip Brown, uh, uh, 1819 News, talked to him yesterday. Yep. He said this is the governor's bill. She was the architect. She wanted this. She was why Mac McCutcheon pushed it. And I, I think there's this chance that if something goes bad here, that if somebody, for whatever reason, God forbid, somebody gets murdered or something by one of these 400 that have been released, then you're going to see this this finger pointing and this back and forth. And that's that's where it gets tricky for Governor Ivey because all of her other scandals 
uh, not necessarily a victim in it, right? Well, I, I guess the COVID shutdowns, yeah, but then it becomes where you have this political dynamic. But let me say this real quick. the uh, I don't think these are all low-level offenders. There's a bunch Ooh. of murderers, a bunch of rapists in there. Yeah, It's just a bad look. And, uh, we had the Blunt County District Attorney on, on my show today. She said that there was a, a murderer that she had to notify the victims of. And they decided he was a low risk and took the ankle monitor off of him. So you have all of these just weird things going on with this. Well, you, you do. And I tell you what's what's maddening is that it's happening at all. And I, and I got to be honest with you, I take a little issue with Representative Chip Brown. I understand what he's saying. The governor pushed for the bill. He voted for the bill. Right. He, I mean, you can't just say, well, it was the governor's bill. We didn't know what we were doing. We are a freaking legislature. Vote. You, you read your bills and you vote accordingly. And then if you made a mistake, you own it and you amend the, the legislative action later on. But you don't sit there and go, well, we didn't know what was happening back in 2021. We were just innocent babes in the woods and she brought a bill over and we said, well, okay, governor. I, I think this could happen. I, I don't think we'll see a special session or anything like that. I, don't, I, I think you could see the governor issue an executive order slowing this thing down and then maybe acting and uh, taking uh, accordingly. I don't think she will. I don't think she will because that'd be an omission of fault. I think what's going to wind up happening is somebody is going to have to own up to it in the, in the legislature and they'll bring something back in the next session to amend the bill and slow the process. But why is it bad guys? Why I mean, is it I, bad? I, yeah. Why is what? it bad? I mean, it, this is, this is the thing. You know, we, the reason this happened is Are we talking because to Dale Jackson right now, Who well, I'm just not a, I mean, look, the reason they, they did this is they wanted to make the argument that our prisons were over overfilled and we need to alleviate some of the stress so the big, bad federal government doesn't come because it's been coming for 20 years. It just got lost on the way here. I don't know. But no, 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 no. Listen, hold on. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Let me at least get to the point here. So what they said is let's alleviate some of the stress. Let the people who are going to get out in ten to two, two to ten months or whatever it was, let those guys out early because they're going to get out anyway. This thirty, this guy with a thirty-year sentence who, who was in jail was going to get out next year anyway. So let's put them on ankle monitors, which they screwed up, and, and let these guys out early. That's what they decided. I don't think they backed around, nor should they. Let's see what happens. Well, well it's, but it's the way they're doing it is they're screwing the whole thing up. Dave. I agree with that. Listen to me real quick. What they were doing here has nothing to do with that. That was just the the the, uh, the the validation of it. They were using COVID money to build new prisons. They said, oh, wow, this is not a good look for us. We need to toss these kooks on the left, some of the Democrats in the legislature, some of these left-wing storefronts that dictate the terms of this whole discussion about criminal justice reform. We need to toss them a bone. And this is what Jim Hill, the House Judiciary Committee chairman, came up with, and it, they they bit off more than they could chew. That's all this was. This was trying to save face because they were using COVID nineteen money to build new prisons. It has not. I mean, they they could say that what that's what they were doing the whole time, but this was a political gesture. Bam. I mean, I, okay, I, I don't. I, that's fine. I, I say lock them all in jails for longer, but they are going to get out. Sentence, so. guys. Right. I mean, hey. a third year sentence is like five years now. That, 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 that argument doesn't hold water. All right. Hey, as chair of the council, we got to run out of time here in a minute. Dale, you got a question for us? We can go to your question real quick and do that for the break. What do you got? Why is Jeff so mad? That'd be it's, one of my it's questions. You. It's you, Dale. You, <laughs> you know what you're talking about. You that's not true, Jeff. Or. We disagree. No, it's okay to disagree. <laughs> it's all right to disagree. Dale it's Jackson, okay. what's your question? Uh, my question is this. Does anyone buy that Devin Keith, Huntsville City Councilman, uh, got arrested at Walmart for taking a $20 pair of headphones he forgot to pay for? Well, 
No. Yeah. I don't. Jeff? Jeff? No, I don't buy it. Okay. Is that Something the- else is afoot, and I can't wait till it breaks. Well, I, so at the bottom line, though, is this guy's been controversial before because he already had that whole moment in the restaurant where he said he was being denied service because he was with an athlete who knelt down at the national anthem. And then, oh, by the way, when the story came out, it was really, well, we just didn't like the waitress. Yeah, he's a pathological liar. I mean, okay. that's part of his problem. All right. Well, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> All right. All right, fellas, round one. We're there. Perfect timing. Taking the break. We'll come right back. Round two with uh, the Grand Council, Jeff Poor, FM Talk 1065, and Executive Editor 1819 News, and Dale Jackson, 770 AM, 925 FM, WVNN, and Yellowhammer News, and me. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio solid conservative just plain right making it cool to be a conservative going right back now with the grand council we got uh, jeff poor from fm talk 1065 down in the coastal regions of our state he is also the executive editor at 1819 news and dale jackson from wvnn in huntsville as well as being uh, a writer for yellowhammer news gentlemen round two of the grand council here's here's my question to lead it off um i look at the fact that so Alabama Republican Party Chairman John Wall just became a vice chairman for the National Republican Party. Congressman Mike Rogers from Alabama is now the new chairman of House Armed Services. Katie Britt is the only freshman senator to be appointed to a seat on the Appropriations Committee in the Senate. Robert Adderholt is Congressman Adderholt is now a subcommittee chairman on a House Appropriations. Has Alabama reached a point that we are considered a power in national politics as a state? Your thoughts on that, Jeff Rowe, what you got? I, I, I don't, you know, with, with Shelby gone, I, I think that was a major, major hit. Uh, I, so all the other stuff you just mentioned is, is uh, I mean, certainly in the right direction, but the hit you took without Richard Shelby, one of the most powerful men in America, I think diminished Alabama. I mean, it, it, it and it's 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 getting back, or it will get back uh, ultimately. But uh, you still you still got a big hole to come jump out of. I mean, you, you say that, and I and I agree with you. I think Shelby was politically speaking one of the most powerful men in America, but he was one. Now we're talking about. I just named off four. Do you see that as being any different when you have more names in the mix as opposed to just the one senior? I, I think the one senior that can, uh, you know, wave a magic wand uh, has a, a lot more. I mean, like you said, it, it's not to say that we won't get back there, but I don't like a vice chairmanship for the uh, ALGOP. I, I don't know. Adderholt uh, uh, certainly poised to ultimately be a, a chairman of the House Appropriations, but the House is so unstable. I mean, I, you know, it's not like the Senate. I, I think Katie Britt would be the uh, perhaps uh, ultimately will be the one. Um, Rogers, I think, has got a couple of years left. As long as he doesn't try to like grab snatch anybody up, right? But uh, taking that shell right as of right now, just net net, I think he's still got a hole to climb out of. Uh, Dale Jackson, what are you thinking? I mean, it's a net negative, obviously, just because as Jeff said, you know, he had such a, a force with Shelby. Uh, but I think Katie Britt is going to maneuver just like a submarine, take some of the same. Uh, positions and places that Shelby was uh, obviously with a little less power or a lot less power let's put it that way but also you know if you're the Republican Party 
when, when you're thinking about who's going to give the response to the State of the Union and you go with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, I mean, how far down the list do you think Katie Britt was down that list? I bet you it wasn't that far. I know she's a first-termer and all that stuff, but she's the one you're going to be trotting out there uh, to, to talk to suburban moms and stuff. So give her power. Uh, give her agency. And I, and I think you're in pretty good shape down the line. Uh, I tend to agree, and uh, and I did not know that about Sarah Huckabee Sanders. You gave me something new there. I didn't even realize that. But I, I would agree if they picked Sanders, who's going to wind up being a, a force in the future, I think. Uh, I would bet that Katie Britt was right behind. Um, all right, next question. Jeff Rowe, what you got? Uh, this, this study that's everywhere about uh, half of Alabama hospitals operating in a deficit and talking about hospitals closing – Sounds to me like probably scare tactics to get Medicaid expansion, but are you guys buying it, or do you think this is exactly what it looks like as it is to me? Uh, it's 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 literally a scare tactic trying to get to the Medicaid expansion thing again, and and this is this is it's like wash, rinse, and repeat. I mean, how many times are we going to hear they're all going to close and no one's going to have health care, and we've got to get more entitlement programs in place, and that's that's where we are. Um, and, and, and don't think for a second, by the way, that the argument that the federal government will pay for it really holds water because it pays for it for a period of time and then we take over. And I just I see it as being it's, it's part of the it's part of the artful Dodgers effort to portray himself as the innocent. And he's really not. Um, so Medicaid expansion. They're trying again. Dale. Fifty uh, percent of hot say one point five billion down. Um, and then you have what, 15 that say they're going to close. But I don't know anything. And the. Uh, issue also becomes the head of the Huntsville Hospital saying what you said, that, hey, who, who wouldn't want the federal government to pay for this stuff? That's going to be the angle they use. But they've been beating their heads against that wall for 10 years, and I don't think they've gotten anywhere with it. So, no, I, I think the conversation is going to happen. Uh, I talked to Arthur Orr, who's right in the mix of all that stuff, and he, he gave that a big thumbs down yeah. earlier today, so I don't see it happening. Your own question, uh, Jeff, uh, sum it up. What are you thinking? Uh, a contradiction here with the certificate of need board still being a thing, and the uh, you know that the they want to limit how many hospitals can and cannot open in Alabama. So I I, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm not buying it. Come up with something better, uh, AHA. All right, uh, Dale. We got about uh, about a minute. What you got, dude? All right, I'll give you an easy one here. Did Tom Brady decide he'd rather get flattened by three hundred pound guys than be married to a, a supermodel? Is that why he came back and played? Now, now that he's out of that marriage, he can quit and go have fun. Who the heck? He's gonna he's gonna wind up being he's gonna be playing for Cleveland next year. I think is what's gonna happen. Uh, Vegas, Jeff. baby. Jeff, you got an answer on that one? Uh, uh, she was pretty awful. I, I, I think, uh, I, I think maybe you're onto something, Dale. <laughs> She's right. got an awful person, right? We found congruity at the end of the uh, Grand Council. You know what you're talking about, Jeff? <laughs> well, I don't just make up stuff. I can speculate and acknowledge it. It's, I mean, I don't know, whatever. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your flexibility with having the Grand Council on Friday afternoon. You guys have an amazing weekend. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. Boomer and I back here for one more half hour. We'll be right back.
all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio Solid Conservative Just Plain Right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right, covering some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama. I'm talking about we are way down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back on over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia and Tennessee and Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. Um, the text lines have exploded. We'll get to those in a moment. And, uh, and I got to tell you, too, first, ZLA Solutions. Yeah, they've been with us since this show started, and, and uh, so proud to have them as a sponsor for Right Side Radio. But ZLA Solutions, I mean, wow, they are just kicking right now. Had the best year they've ever had. They do all kinds of business in solutions. They can help you with things like your logistics, your warehousing, your sorting and containment, your quality control. But their bread and butter, I always say it, their bread and butter, man, is staffing, temp, and direct hire. They can help you do with the recruiting, the background checks, the drug testing if necessary, blue collar, white collar, no collar, it don't matter. If you need people, doesn't matter if it's onesies and twosies with special niche skills or if it's going to be an entire shift of folks. ZLA Solutions has just had the best year they've ever had putting jobs and people together. And they can do it for you. So here's the deal. Check them out. Their website is ZLAUSA.com. That's ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And they can, they can go to work for you immediately. They're doing a big deal right now, hiring for a major tech company uh, with great high-paying white-collar jobs uh, in, uh, at Redstone Arsenal. So, yeah, if, by the way, if you're, if you're a techie, you might want to check out their website, zlausa.com, and see what they have available uh, at Redstone that you might be interested in. But they're also working all over the place, even outside the borders of our state. So check them out, ZLA Solutions at zlausa.com. And please tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Um, I got to tell you, <laughs> so Boomer, uh, and you might be able to relate to this, uh, on the, on the, on Twitter, it's a guy just texted out or tweeted out. He says, all the decline in our civilization started when we stopped playing dodgeball with the hard red balls oh. in school. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, come that, on. That was, there were some life changing moments in dodgeball. There were some life changing moments that, Yes, but those hard red balls, I remember those. those. Those things were, they were killers. I know. It was like somebody was throwing a meteor at you. I was actually at, I was actually at my, my son's school the other day. I said, do they still play dodgeball? And if they do, I bet they use those little foam balls. Yeah. I'm like, come on, let's use those red balls again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a foam frisbee at you. <laughs> Good luck. No. Got, that, there's got to be a little red ball. You got to have some skin in the game, uh, literally, like <laughs> Absolutely. skin coming off your face <laughs> as the red ball tags you. And there Ouch. was, and there was always, there was always the, you know, the, the, the poor kid who, you know, couldn't even tie his own shoes, who would just get just pummeled. Like he was the oh. first target. Oh, absolutely. The one, yeah, the ones that thought they were really good and would run up toward the ball and oh, yeah. they couldn't, you know, they just couldn't get there quick enough. They would just get demolished. Just demolished. Just demolished. Although I will say I, I'd got destroyed once at summer camp. Uh, I was like in fifth grade and this guy, he was like one of the camp counselors. So he's like a, he's like a freshman in college or something. He's playing <laughs> with the fifth graders like, what oh. the heck, man? And and he literally took the ball and just, I want to just like creamed me. Like I almost knocked me out. It hit me in the face, took me off my feet. Wow. Glasses went flying across the gym. 
you know. I, see, I remember being that kid to the young one and getting yeah. getting destroyed. But then I also remember being the older one. Who destroyed people. Who destroyed. I, you know, I had to get a, get it back. So. <laughs> yes. I went, I went for the a, feet, though, not the head. It's a rite of passage. It's a rite of passage. I was just trying to go for those feet. <laughs> you went for the feet, but every once in a while the ball got a little higher than intended. A- accidentally, of course, unless it was my brother on the other side. Admit it, though. You were a ball player. I was. You were a baseball player, so you, were, you already had an arm. And you were, yeah. you were you were abusing small children. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't called abuse back then. It was just <laughs> called dodgeball. It was called dodgeball. <laughs> What's the big deal? It's not the downfall of Western civilization. No, it's just dodgeball. And I guarantee most of all of our listeners have played the real dodgeball. But what was your position in baseball? Uh, shortstop. That's right. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. How many how many bodies did you check as they tried to go from second to third? Oh man! Come on, you were the, you were the guy. You were the guy checking bodies as they flew past you. Right? Make it, making sure they don't get get past too quickly. You know, just giving them a little <laughs> nudge. <laughs> uh, looking over at the text line, man, we got a ton of stuff going on. Uh, uh, there's too bum. many to keep count. We're, we're, we try to get to everybody's, but then they just keep popping in, and it's like trying to keep up. Glenn from, awesome. Glenn from Bluntsville is apparently one of the uh, the uh, the the angry dodgeball players. He says it was fun to watch that red ball splat somebody's <laughs> face. <laughs> Dang, you were that dude. Scott from Russell said I had a classmate that got a broken wrist playing dodgeball. Dang. Oh wow. Were they playing with bowling balls? What were they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Take the eight pounder with the three holes and just sling it. Um, Brian from Huntsville says uh, Biden got hit by one of the dodgeballs in the head in fifth grade, and well, here we are now. <laughs> <laughs> Rita from Scottsboro says, I broke three fingers in third grade due to dodgeball. Oh, no. See? See? These are these are what, in my family, we refer to as symbols of an active lifestyle. I think I had a friend that break a nose. A nose? A nose. See? And that was back in the day when the PE teacher would say, But they were proud of it. Yeah, rub some dirt on it, yeah. walk it off. <laughs> they, were, they were proud of it after the fact, maybe the next day. So my son, here's a true story. I, I feel like I'm in like full disclosure mode here now, and I probably better watch it. <laughs> But my son, you know, okay, having a dad, so my undergraduate degree, believe it or not, was sports medicine. Did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, working with injuries for athletes and taping ankles and doing all that kind of stuff on the sidelines. So my, my undergrad was sports medicine, and then I was an Army Ranger, which probably made it hard on my kids, those two things right uh, there, right? Yeah, So absolutely. My, my, son, <laughs> my son is like nine years old playing little guy soccer, right? And he, he does one of those kind of fall forwards, land on both wrists, and uh, and and as he as he lands hard, you know, you can imagine you land hard on your your palms, and he got up and he's shaking one arm and he comes over to me on the sidelines because there's little guy soccer, so I can be there, <laughs> and he's like, Dad, Dad, oh wow, Dad, it really hurts, and I'm checking his I'm checking his arms out. Oh, you're fine, boy. Get back out there. Okay. <laughs> three days later, three days later, three days, three days later, we're sitting in church and I look over and realize he's holding his arm and his eyes are a little watery because he's he's in pain. I said, what's wrong, son? He goes, Dad, this arm really hurts. Oh, no. And I was like, for the love, son, really? And he goes, Dad, it does, does. I said, I'm fine. We'll get it checked out. Broken arm. Oh. <laughs> had, had what they call a green twig break, I believe it's called, a green twig. Which yeah. it's, it wasn't like a clean break. It was like a, a, like a splinter off of the, of the main bone of the forearm. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Dad, it really did hurt. Dad, <laughs> it really hurts. I'll rub some dirt on it, boy. Walk it off. 
Allie from Athens says the best thing about those hard red balls is that you were seriously motivated to stay out of the way. <laughs> yes, you were. You were trying to be real fast. You, you learned speed. That's right. <laughs> you, you, she said, we played in those dodgeball circles with the boys and the girls didn't give it a thought. There were no trans dodgeball players. <laughs> no, there weren't. Yep. You, just, you just got out there and smoked your friends, and then everybody shook hands and went back to class. You played kickball with that same ball, too, and you could kick the snot out of it. And there's always the one guy. <laughs> There's always the one guy who, like, everybody wanted my team. Yeah, I, I want Tony. That guy. Um, Jeff from Indiana says I didn't do very good at dodgeball. I wasn't very fast. I wasn't very accurate throwing. I couldn't catch. So how was? So I was always one of the first ones out. <laughs> yeah, but they all want right. to be. They all want to be you now, Jeff. So don't worry. That's right. Um, John from Brownsboro says they were called four square balls for playing. Foursquare, but they were nicer than basketballs. Well, it's true. Basketballs could do some serious damage. Yeah. Uh, how do we get on all this? Wait, where where did this one come from? I, I don't, don't know. Actually, oh, was it a text? Somebody talked about the red. That's what it was. That's what it was. The decline of Western civilization began when they stopped using the hard red balls in dodgeball in <laughs> PE. That we 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 blame you for getting off on the rack. Okay. <laughs> what do I do? I'm, we're we're in neck deep now. I can't I pull out. Uh, Brad from Limestone County says Indian dodgeball for the win. Indian dodgeball. Indian. He said dodgeball. it dawns on me that Indian dodgeball is probably so-called cultural appropriation. Oh well, it was a ton of fun. <laughs> 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 Darn right. Oh my gosh. Um, so John from Huntsville says, "Hey Boomer, I got a great idea for you. You and Phil ought to get a big hot air balloon with a giant right side radio and fly it over all those areas where the where there's where there's listeners." Hey. But then we might get shot down like a Chinese weather balloon. So who knows? Um, <laughs> well, no, they're not shooting it down. Oh, <laughs> Louie from Arab brought up one. How about Red Rover, Red Rover? Oh, man, we took some people out in Red how Rover. How many times did you clothesline your buddy when they tried to get through? Yeah, how many broken bones have people got from that game? They just they just quit playing. They there's I don't think Red Rover's in school dictionary. That anymore. one that one went away. Man, that was Red Rover. I forgot about that. That's back when the school, you know, we used to play one called British Bulldog. I only only had one school where I think we made it up ourselves. British the, Bulldog? Where you didn't have a Red Rover, you just ran trying to get to the other side and your job was to take people out <laughs> to see how many you could take out and my and i had a friend who his specialty was the shin kick so you come flying by and he'd do like a like a soccer style tackle but his goal was to take out your shins which no way he could do with regularity <laughs> with uh, regularity with with frequent irregularity yes um okay listen Oh, Chris from Gadsden. Here he is. I broke three toes on one foot playing volleyball. <laughs> and my dad said they were just bruised. Three days later, he said, hmm, looks like they're actually broken. I know Chris from Gadsden. His dad was a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> a pediatrician, no less. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, Boomer, take the break, brother. We'll do that right now. We'll come right back and wrap up the week. You guys are amazing. What a cool audience. We just had 15 minutes of dodgeball. That we did. That we did. And, there, there and everybody are people, loved it. There are people reminiscing left and right right now. I was going to talk about the Fed raising the interest rate. Screw that. Let's talk about volleyball. Dodgeball. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. We'll 
We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We have completely derailed the last half hour by talking about dodgeballs. But I got to tell you before I go any further, okay, so it's Friday afternoon. This is the moment where I tell you about Just Love Coffee Cafe for a Saturday morning. Picture this. Picture it. You ready? It's Saturday morning. It's cool. It's crisp. It's a, it's a wonderful February morning. You don't want to mess up the kitchen. No. And you don't want that usual old, you know, cheesy cup of coffee you, you made with the nasty grounds at your house. No. And you certainly don't want the drive through Just Love Coffee Cafe. Two locations in our listening area, one on Hughes Road in Madison, the other one South Parkway in Huntsville, has a breakfast menu that will knock your socks off to include the Womlet, the giant omelet cooked in a waffle iron that has everything, including tater tots in it. I mean, it's like, wow, it's one of my favorites. But then while you're there, you treat yourself to something you'll never get at home, the, the cappuccinos, the lattes, the espressos, the, this, the, this, the award-winning fresh ground coffee, light roast, medium roast, dark roast. Tell them what you want. I'm just saying, Just Love Coffee Cafe, what an epic good Saturday morning. And, oh, by the way, the kitchen stays clean. Yeah. So try it out, Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations in our listening area. You will not be disappointed. Hughes Road in Madison, South Parkway in Huntsville. Please tell them. You heard about it on Right Side Radio. All right, so so remember, we got oh I got a caller on the line, don't I? Did that? Did Brian call back? Brian, Brian from call back. What are you doing, brother Brian? What's going on? Oh man, the nostalgia you bring <laughs> back with those red balls and everything. As far as fifth grade uh, to Chapman Elementary, sitting there slinging those things at people and during kickball, and you could hit them anywhere. The only rule was if they got glasses, don't hit them in the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Try that. Good good luck. I was the kid whose glasses went flying. Well, they, they, yeah, me too, but still, that was the rule. But otherwise, they, you could throw it at them anytime, and if you really don't like somebody, even if they're safe on first or second, throw it at them anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know they were in the bag. Uh, well, then, oh, and then we murder ball. That was when you lined up against the wall, yes. brick wall, had it done. And then the other one was um, football or that. Uh, I'm not. I, I don't believe me because I'm not going to say anything wrong. It was a smear the strange one. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to be the center of attention, then you got it and you ran and you paid your. At the end, but you still were the center of attention. Yeah, you were also you were. the hero of the playground, too. It's right, because you were the guy who wasn't scared. Um, Way better than TikTok. That's exactly right. See you, Brian. Have a good weekend. Right. Man. Oh, there's I mean, there's another one that I that I remembered. Uh suicide or I, I think it's what he's talking about murder ball. That murder think, ball. That's the same yeah, one. Yeah, it's the same one. Everybody yeah. had a different name for it. And everybody played with different rules, of course. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> there's always that that whole thing about in, in like in my school, if you if you if you got hit and didn't catch it, then you had to kneel down in front of the wall and they got to just pummel you. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, just, you just you just had to take it's it. It's like the penalty kick in soccer. You were just the guy who had yeah. to take it. And the if penalty. you weren't gonna do it, you weren't gonna play anymore. All right, how about tether ball? <laughs> Oh, how many, isn't that the one with the ball? The ball on the pole, and many, you just how many faces have been destroyed by tetherball over the oh, years? Man. I would like to ask a doctor about <laughs> if he's ever helped somebody. I got uh, I got Kimball. You were watching some videos though. I was just a second ago. It's cracking me up. A Kimball from Harvest has texted in. He said, "I've had many a clothesline across the neck and Red Rover and hit in the face playing battle ball. It builds character. Oh, it, yes, hey, it does, yeah, Kimball. Yes, it does. Yes, it does." 
Uh, JT from Lacey Springs says, uh, I'm saying catch up the Chinese ball. I'm interested in who's, who's – oh, he wants to go back to the balloon. Um, uh, Jeff from Indiana, um, he, says, well, he says, well, there's your new idea for merchandise for right side. Right side dodgeballs. Look oh. at the big star coming at you. There's the rubber idea. ones. Big big red rubber balls with the gold star on it. I like Man. that. Um, uh, so we got an A-plus from John from Huntsville today, by the way. Oh, thanks, John. Uh, he says he played extreme dodgeball, where you stand in the bed of a Dodge pickup truck while it's flying down the road. You try to hit your opponent in the other truck. Uh, okay. You came wow. from a rough school. <laughs> Richard from Madison says, we used an old leather ball, old tether ball, and I got blasted in the eye with a knob of the rope tied to it and wore a black eye with pride. I'm just saying, man. What about, okay, here's one for you, Boomer. All right. All right. And, and now you and I are slightly different generations. Yes. Um, lawn darts. Did you ever have lawn darts when you were a kid? Lawn darts. I'm not sure if I, I don't know if I played lawn darts. Picture a giant sharp object shaped like a dart. It's about, about a foot and a half long. And you throw them to try and get them to land in a ring. They, they stick in the ground in a ring, like a hula hoop on the ground. But they're giant, sharp objects that kids are throwing in the yard. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever played you that. You never played lawn darts? <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think I did. The things we used to think were wow. good ideas. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so I was a kid. I had lawn darts. I know I had lawn darts. I also had, by the way, I had the wood-burning kit. <laughs> wood-burning kit. So <laughs> it's a craft. Great, great idea. They ideas. basically give kids a hot iron and let them burn wood with uh. it. <laughs> we thought that was a good idea. I just, I just, I look at it now. Here's lawyer Phil today going, oh my gosh, the liability. Oh wow. my word. Well, listen, we got an amazing audience. Obviously, I didn't get to the interest rates that the Fed just raised, no. so uh, we're not going to do that today. <laughs> um, but okay, real quickly, I will go back and say because I did have a request there um, uh, from one of our who was that? J, that Kimball, JT, who was it saying? Oh, JT said uh, Chinese. What's going on? So just so you know, the balloon's still floating. Uh, the White House has not decided to take it down yet. Uh, Blinken has canceled his trip to China. Uh, currently, we believe it's over somewhere in the in the vicinity of Montana. But, of course, we have Minot Air Force Base uh, in its current trajectory in North Dakota. Uh, of course, right below that, though, we have Warren Air Force Base in Wyoming. Uh, this is all this is all this is all just, just freaky stuff. And I, I can't believe that. What we're looking at right now is a large, like they say, it's the size of three Greyhound buses. That's this huge. Thing. Huge. Monstrous. And the Pentagon, if you haven't heard, the Chinese have admitted it's theirs. They say it's non-military. Okay. And the Pentagon has now said this thing is maneuverable. That's their word, maneuverable. And it's also carrying what they call a payload. Payload, I went, I went straight to bomb payloads in my mind. But they say payload, and they don't know if it's for signal gathering or intelligence or weather. They mm -hmm. don't know. But they say it is definitely carrying something. So first of all, it's maneuverable. It's from China. It's maneuverable. That means somebody somewhere is controlling it. And, oh, by the way, it's carrying something. In other words, it has a purpose. This was not like the carnival ride that got away. This is an intentional thing being done. I'm just saying. It's just awful. Uh, and... and this thing better be taken down before the weekend's over and, 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 and us get a chance to look at it because this is just freaking wrong. Oh, my gosh. Hey, oh, by the way, um, I got to jump back over there real quick in the last 30 seconds. Chris from Gadsden just reminded me, potato guns. Did you have oh, a potato gun? Oh, I totally had potato guns. Potato guns were awesome. They were sweet. 
sweet. It was the it was, and the, then making your own. I mean, that's a, that's, oh, yeah. that's all. That's the only way to do it. And if you were if you were a real dude, you made it out of uh, like Coke cans and stuff. <laughs> Brian from Huntsville says we ought to have right side dodgeballs. JT from Lacey Springs says don't forget rocket bottle rocket battles. I'm just saying. Do you remember those? And then somebody is texting in and says, history shows that civilization ends when you become too civilized. That's Scott and Decatur. <laughs> Dodgeball builds character. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We will be back on Monday at 2. Have an amazing weekend. We'll see you then.